Did you teach your child to pay attention? Teaching a child to pay attention may be a lost art and has probably been dropped from the menu in most homes. In recent decades, there's been a lot of debate among mental health professionals over the subject of attention deficit disorder and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, commonly known as ADD and ADHD. Millions of young kids, as well as adults, have been diagnosed and labeled with these disorders in recent decades. And as a result, millions of young and old alike have been put on medications. Medications that have yet to be fully explored for all the potential harmful side effects that accompany so many of these pharmaceutical options. And so, today, many in the mental health field are taking a second look at these so-called disorders, questioning and challenging whether they actually exist at all. But the question remains, how have we done at actually teaching our kids to pay attention? Let's find out next on Licensed to Parent. Hello and welcome to Licensed to Parent. Our program comes to you from Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. I'm Rich Rosal, and our host is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherds Hill. And Trace, getting our kids to pay attention can sometimes uh, seem to be a never-ending task. There are certainly a lot of people in the medical and mental health fields who feel that medicating our kids is probably the best and maybe even the only approach that we have to to bring an end to that task, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and they they excuse this uh, quick draw towards medication by by giving people, especially our kids, uh, labels like ADD and ADHD. And, uh, you know, I have to be honest here, Rich, I, I'm still scratching my head over this issue a bit. Um, I know by virtue of, of what I do here at Shepherd's Hill and uh, there, are, there are irresponsible things going on in the mental health field, without a doubt. And, and, and you know that I'm, I'm a staunch proponent of tightening the ship on, on how some of these psychotropic meds are being dispensed. Uh, but I'm also still a bit perplexed, especially when I think of my own inability, and, uh, and our guest and I have talked about this, to mentally focus uh, in recent years you know, as to why professionals in the mental health field seem to be so at odds with one another uh, about yeah. what constitutes an actual problem in this area, while still others are challenging the very existence of the problem at all. Um, either way, getting our kids to pay attention is what today's guest is all about, because this is and always has been uh, a real issue. It, it has been. And you just mentioned, you know, as we get older, having trouble concentrating and staying focused and whatnot. If we take the medicating is the best approach approach, then all of us are going to be on these meds at some point. Yeah. And we all want to get stronger. Let's just take steroids. There you go. Well, I don't think that that's the approach we are going to be proposing today. A few weeks ago, we invited Dr. Daniel Berger onto the program to discuss, well, the broader issues of mental health, faith, and authority as it pertains to our kids. And by the way, if you'd like to hear that conversation, you can find it on our website at licensedtoparent.org. After that program, though, we got into a conversation here in the studio about this very topic of teaching behavior. And uh, we wanted to invite Daniel back onto the program to share his thoughts with our audience. Dr. Uh, Daniel Berger is an author. He's an experienced pastor, a counselor, and school administrator. Uh, he's written a number of books covering Christian counseling, practical theology, education, and the history and philosophy of the mental health construct. Uh, the book that ties in so nicely with today's conversation is called Teaching a Child to Pay Attention. How apropos. And the subtitle is the from the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, uh, verses 20 through 27. We will dig into that shortly. 
Daniel oversees Alathea International Ministries, where he counsels, writes, and speaks around the country in various conferences and ministries. He attended Bob Jones University and also Florida International University, where he earned advanced degrees in counseling and theology. He is also a certified member of the International Association of Biblical Counselors, also known as IABC. Uh, He and his wife have been married for 13 years. Together they have three kids, and as we always say, that's a good set of credentials to get you on the Licensed to Parent program if you've been there and done that. Well, Daniel, welcome back to the Licensed to Parent broadcast. Thank you. It's great to be back. Uh, Daniel, you mentioned in in the book uh, that the Bible uh, presents a pattern of attention that a child must learn. Uh, What exactly is that pattern? Well, I'm glad you asked that. The the, uh, book of Proverbs really is fundamental to not just wisdom, but paying attention. In fact, I think we've missed that point as far as uh, parenting goes, that uh, we focus on, on rightfully so, God's wisdom, but it's paying attention to wisdom uh, mm-hmm. that really is the, the beginning point or, or emphasis that Solomon mm-hmm. uh, wanted to get across. So what he has done in the first nine chapters Ten times he says, my son, give me your attention. And then he lays out a pattern. Of course, one time in Scripture is significant. Ten times we, we should, no pun intended, pay attention, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So right. he lays out a, a pattern here that is both biological and spiritual, and both are connected. So the eyes and the ears are mentioned, for example, in, in, in Proverbs as continuing to give attention. Um, and then the heart is central to that. And so everything that goes into our eyes and ears, our heart has to decide whether to accept or, or reject that. And it also has to decide what our eyes and, and ears are going to give attention to. Which presupposes a different ideology than the one that's being presented. Then. Well, that's right. And so attention is not just biological. It's both spiritual and biological, which, which is... Like salt water, kind of interlinked. Yeah, yeah, and 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 to disregard one is it really is not a, a true picture of mm-hmm. what's going on with the child. And I think too many parents do separate the two. This is a spiritual exercise. This one's just simply a physical one. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is, uh, and I don't mean to interrupt you here, but I think it's important that parents need to know that the spirit uh, flesh relationship is more like a, a salt water relationship. Right. That's right. And and so just as an example. Um, we have been taught to look through a lens of psychiatry to evaluate and discern our children. So if they are struggling attentionally, we immediately think something is wrong with them. But if we understand scripturally that foolishness is bound in their heart, you know, Proverbs twenty two fifteen, mm-hmm. from the beginning, every child struggles to pay attention. That is, that is the foundation. So something was already wrong immediately. Yeah. And as, as parents, we have to not just teach them what to pay attention to, but how to pay attention. Yeah. And does Proverbs do that? Does Proverbs tell you how to pay attention? It does. So, uh, for example, um, what the father's doing is he's, he's uh, first of all, addressing the eyes and the ears. So he talks mm-hmm. about uh, what the son should and should not look at mm-hmm. what he, who he should and should not listen to as, as examples. Because those are windows to the soul. That's exactly right. Um, Everything that we're seeing and everything we're hearing essentially will become a part of who we are if we accept that. Some things by nature our our depraved hearts want to accept. Mm-hmm. So, for example, one of the illustrations he gives is the, the, the prostitute, the wayward woman, 
and the woman of the world, if you would. And he, he strongly warns of, of not setting the eyes on that. Of course, in, in Job 31, Job says the same thing. I made a covenant with my eyes. I will not look upon a woman to lust after her. So it's immediate heart saying, I'm not even going to put my eyes on. I'm not going to look at her and and go, okay, say no, say no. It's, it's before it, it happens. I'm not going to do it. I'm making Mm -hmm. up my mind. It's, it's the heart issue there, the desire that, that um, he's addressing. So um, it's, it's not just a matter of a child can or can't. And and that's by the way, one of, one of the things that uh, parents constantly say when I counsel is, my child says they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, my ch- child, every child I have says I can't. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's our, that's our human nature, yeah. especially yeah. when we don't want to. I think the real question is, how hard should I push my child to do it? Well, see, and, and this is, this is um, part of that pattern. Uh, David says in Psalms that with his, his mouth, he makes known the commandments of God. And, and it's not just speaking to others. He's actually uh, regurgitating, if I can use that word. Sure. He's chewing on God's commands, his truths, and he's, he's spitting it out. One of the things I do with my children, and, and I, I write about in, in the book, is that understanding is key. And if my child isn't understanding, I'm not actually reaching their heart. So one of the ways that I, I gain uh, understanding, if they're understanding, is to ask them questions yeah. and make them verbalize what I have told them to do. Feedback. That's right. It's basically uh, checks and balances. Yeah. Where you know, y- you can't tell me you didn't understand because we already went through That's that. That's right. You did and do understand. That's right. So uh, if you look at Luke, Luke chapter 2, um, Joseph and Mary, they expected Christ to do something, but they didn't make it clear. Obviously, Christ was not in sin. Yeah. And they come back looking for him, wanting to know where he's at. And they, they come in and they say, you know, where, where have you been? Yeah. And he says, I'm, I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and so a lot of times as parents, we assume that they're understanding and getting, and we may even actually carry out discipline based on what we think they're getting. Right. The kid's and, scratching his head like, what, what happened here? I'm, I'm curious about this. A lot of parents, a lot of Christian parents try to be very careful, very protective, to use that word, of what their kids see, what they're exposed to. So they're, they're putting boundaries around their kids. And, and certainly at various ages, we must, as parents, yeah. we have to protect our kids. But how do we teach our kids to guard their eyes and guard their ears and guard their tongues even if they are not placed in a position where they might have the opportunity to make that choice? So again, going back to the, the heart issue, um, fundamental to the book of Proverbs is the the idea of desire or values. Mm-hmm. So immediately in chapter two, the father begins to talk about uh, accepting and valuing wisdom above all else, and he actually compares it to gold and silver and says, you know, there there's nothing greater that you could possess or pursue than than wisdom. And what he's doing is actually laying that that groundwork, and then he compares wisdom to. A, a pure virgin bride. I mean, the most beautiful, you know, to a man finding a gorgeous, virtuous bride, especially a Christian man, is, you know, one of the, the goals of life, yeah. right? And so he's he's saying, here is the, the perfect, and then in chapter eight, here comes the bride knocking on the door saying, I'm here, I'm here, accept me, receive me. So what he's doing is he's keying in, he's teaching the child a value system. And that, early on. Early on, yeah. And in Jewish culture, 
um, they would start uh, intense training at three years old because uh, mm-hmm. kids kids can retain and do retain a lot more than we think. A lot more than they can articulate. You think right. the kid, because he can't speak it, doesn't understand it, and he right. absolutely does understand it. Yeah. And what he doesn't understand through the, through the, the frontal lobe, it, he understands in his heart and spirit. Yeah. So the guarding of the heart begins with teaching right desires or right values. And this this is the heart issue. So behaviorism can certainly change behaviors. It can even uh, cause people to pay attention certain ways. But really, the issue is the heart, uh, scripturally. And that is fundamental to being human, our desires. We, we desire things, whether they're right or wrong. Uh, we desire things of the flesh. We desire things of the spirit. And these war against each other. So guarding the heart is is desiring to see and hear what pleases God, and he lays that out in Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't a mystery to us. Uh, God in his grace has said, this pleases me, this repulses me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, we're teaching our children, if you want to say a value system or right desires. And I'm convinced both in the book of Proverbs as well as in counseling and in life that what we value most is what we pay attention to. Right. Um, it, 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 bar none, we will give our attention. So we, we have attention. It's not necessarily a deficit of attention in most mm-hmm. children. It's actually a deficit of interest. So, mm-hmm. for example, in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, how they classify ADHD is um, uh, if the child finds interest, if they find enough interest, they're in a novel setting. It actually says this on page uh, 61 of the DSM-5. Then the child can give attention and the behaviors vanish. That's not an exception as they present it. It's actually showing a fundamental truth of, of human nature. When we desire something, so a video game that we value very highly, uh, you know, those kids can, can spend hours upon end without blinking. Yeah. It's an interest deficit. And I would add to that a wisdom deficit. We're not born with wisdom. We're born foolish. Yeah. And that, that is fundamental. So um, even, even to this um, idea of, of attention, Foolishness is an inward giving of attention. So every child that is born is immediately holding their opinion at a high regard, mm-hmm. not their authorities, not their parents. Yeah. And so uh, honoring is actually giving your attention. Um, we recently saw uh, a new president come into office, and we honored him. And what we did was he was elevated. He was high up. We listened to him. We watched him. We were giving our attention to him. And, mm-hmm. and honor, that's exactly what takes place, whether it's with God or with parents. So in the New Testament in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, what it says, not just to honor, but to obey. Yeah. And it, it's, it's fundamental. Those two go together. If we're giving our attention, we obey. Yeah. But, but uh, going back to uh, doing this early on, the importance of, of imparting values to our kids early on, we're back to premise uh, because a lot of these kids have been indoctrinated and parents with a postmodern worldview where there are no absolute standards of right and wrong. And when you go to try to, to tell them that, you know, there's a, there's a starting point for this, they're scratching their head like, you know, I, they didn't buy the same premise that you and I do. And so that, that, that I can't stress that. That's why the, the, if there's an uh, interwoven fabric in what we do here at, at Shepherd's Hill Academy and licensed parents, the importance of, a, of the proper worldview and, and buying into the right premises. Because if you, if you buy into a false premise, the rest of that story can make all the sense in the world. That's right. And, this, and I'm talking about, you know, as I think you're talking about, the fundamental difference between a biblical worldview and an evolutionary worldview. Yeah. 
Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Berger, author of the book that we're discussing, Teaching a Child to Pay Attention, Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. You can find his books online at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, and you can find us online at LicensedToParent.org. Back with more conversation in just a moment. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. I'm Joe Dallas. So many men and women go into parenting blindly, without training, without education, without proper mentoring. More than ever today, there is a critical need for voices that are explaining to potential parents what it takes to raise a child and to existing parents what it takes to raise that child properly. Licensed to parent is part of the solution to the problem of a lack of proper parenting. And I'm very proud to be associated with that solution. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org. Once again, our guest today on Licensed to Parent, Daniel Berger, a second-time offender of being in the studio with us. Uh, Daniel was on the program a few weeks ago, and again, if you'd like to hear that broadcast, uh, you'll find it on our website at LicensedToParent.org. And Trace, right before the break, uh, you did a very nice job of setting up the current condition of so many families. Uh, Now we've got parents of teenagers, let's say, and the family has grown up around a postmodern worldview, not a yeah. biblical worldview. So and they've grown up in a postmodern world. Uh, they've been indoctrinated with postmodern thought that there are no absolutes. Everything is truth is relative, and this is wired into not only them, Rich, but their parents and even their grandparents, who really kind of got the ball sure. rolling on this. And uh, it has certainly been uh, learned through our our uh, entertainment industry. Uh, the media, uh, public schools, and and now it's wired into the very fabric of 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 our of who we are. Towards now into the churches, and into the even what we call the Christian mental health field, and so they say one thing as far as their premise, but in practical application, their premise really is an evolutionary premise. So so Daniel, uh, once a parent, uh, let's say, is the parent of a thirteen year old, fourteen year old kid. 
and he or she says, wow, I see the error of my way. I see this worldview as, as being really important to how I raise my kids and what I allow my kids to be exposed to. What do I do now? I am 15 years and 200 pounds too late. Yeah. Well, again, the starting point, I think, is to look at our own uh, reality, and that is that giving attention rightly is our own struggle. Yeah. Uh, before it is to our children, we th- this is the battle, right? Is giving God honor and glory versus the world, versus the flesh, versus even the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a battle of attention. This is not a minor issue in Christianity, uh, which is why I believe that that um, by some estimates, we're up to 20% now of all children in America being diagnosed as attention deficit. Um, it's not abnormal anymore to be abnormal, right. if I can say it that way. Yeah. And what what secularists are, are keying in on is not a biological disease. They're actually keying on in on a real human problem, yeah. which is we struggle to give attention, let alone to give it correctly. We've given too much ground to the enemy. Right. So, so that understanding that this is a human struggle, this is the, the kid is not abnormal. So the 15 year old who's sitting in class and he, he's daydreaming about everything under the sun, except, you know, the, the, the subject uh, the, at hand, the chemistry. <laughs> yeah. That he's supposed to be uh, learning because his parents have an idea. He's going to be a doctor, right? Ultimately that child's desires are going to dictate what he pays attention to and how he pays attention. Um, I think it's helpful to understand that most commentators find uh, the son in Proverbs to be around 21 years old. Mm-hmm. In Jewish tradition, this is when the son would go out and begin a family of his own. So he would go find a wife, which is exactly what the father is is saying to his son. We, we know this isn't a little boy because he's not saying, all right, you're four years old. Take this bride now, right? Yeah. Uh, th- this is this is clear cut. Uh, a mature young man who's going out on his own. And I'm talking about prostitutes to a three-year-old. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So the the, the clear uh, uh, indicator here is that this is a struggle throughout life. And the father is there to uh, continually remind his son. And this is, this is uh, I think, the 10 times he mentions in the, in the first nine chapters to give me your attention. My son, give me your attention. Uh, is significant not just because of the emphasis, but also it's, it's showing us a pattern of repetition. And what they're finding in neuroscience now is that at, uh, repetition is the key to learning. Absolutely. Sound, sound familiar? I mean, this is yeah, old school, that's right? Old. But n- neuroscience is discovering the exact same thing, that through habituation, we actually change our neural circuitry. So the way we think, the way we see, uh, uh, there's been tremendous studies done on pornography. And what, what, uh, when, when young men and even women, because this is a, a, a young boy and girl and man and woman problem, That's it's exactly not just, right. it's not just a male problem. When those images become a part in, in a, a, over a course of time, they've actually studied the brain. It, it changes. There's, there's also Christian neuroscientists now who are doing studies on how prayer affects us. And the brain is actually strengthened and grown through more time in prayer. It's amazing to look mm-hmm. at. So what Proverbs says is, fascinating enough, it says uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, my son, give your attention. And it says, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in, in the midst of your ears. And it says it will be health to your, to your heart. But then it says it will be health to your bones. Mm-hmm. There is a physical change that occurs through giving mm-hmm. right attention. Right. With that said... Um, 
you know, the brain, the brain seems to be the emphasis now in secularism because they're unwilling to go back. They can't study desires through neuroimaging. And see, and this right. is one of the problems with uh, kids who are going and getting diagnosed as ADHD with, with a, a fMRI or a EEG machine, a, a neuroimaging or a brain scan. Uh, these, these scans can only show one picture at one point in time of the brain. They can't show what the child is thinking, his desires, his fears. Parents have been uh, really deceived. I mean, I, I've, I've dealt with parents that have spent over $5,000 getting brain scans done to be told. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and ironically, the DSM-5 on page 61 says that's impossible. Yeah. No, no brain image is diagnostic for attention. You, you can't do it. Uh, how do we get our kids to reject the evolutionary mental health construct uh, w with, with no empirical proof and accept a biblical worldview, which they can argue is also a construct with no empirical proof. Well, it, it is a matter of faith, and, and you're hitting on it. See, right. Scripture does not, um, does not shy away from faith. Exactly. Um, it, it, it Mental is, health field does. <laughs> well, it absolutely does. In fact, uh, neuroscientist Sam Harris, who is a self-professed atheist, has written a book called The End of Faith. Mm -hmm. And in the book, it's kind of it's, it's humorous because— I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's humorous because in his opening introduction, he actually undermines his entire book. He, he believes in the brain dysfunction theory, genetic theory, chemical imbalance theory. So he's holding to what we call in philosophy positive— positivism or materialism and thus determinism, which says you can't really help what you do. You're a product of your, your biology, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting as his argument against faith, he says, faith causes us to behave, to think, to feel and, and to live. And, you know, basically how, however that, that plays out. So we have to end faith. It's the problem. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and he's actually identifying that faith is essential to everything sure. we do. Absolutely. So is. scripture um, does bring this down to faith, which I think is a, is a very important thing for parents who are listening to understand mm -hmm. today. We cannot change our children. Nowhere in scripture does it say we're responsible to save our children mm -hmm. or even to sanctify them. I tell every parent that comes to Shepherd's Hill, that very thing. Yep, it, it's true. If you go to Deuteronomy 6, it says to love the Lord your God, which is the Shema, right? The, the Jewish people love this passage. Even unsaved Jewish people love this passage. And it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then it says to teach your children to do likewise. What? To teach your children to do what? To value God above all else. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to this. So this really does go back to, as you said, a worldview, establishing the right pursuits in life, the right desires. And that, that really parenting amounts to how am I pursuing God? Because my kids are watching this. That's exactly right. They, they are looking at this and, and really understanding better than anyone yeah. besides our spouse, maybe our value system. Mm -hmm. Well, we have to bring this to a close. Our time has run short on us today, but uh, our thanks to our guest on Licensed to Parent, Daniel Berger. Daniel's the author of the book that we've been discussing, Teaching a Child to Pay Attention, Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. And you can find uh, this book and his many other books online at amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Daniel, again, thanks for joining us today My on pleasure. License to Parent. Appreciate it. Thank and you, remember sir. that the work that we do here on License to Parent is merely an extension of the work done every day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. You can help the work that we do here. You can help it continue by supporting the Shepherd's Hill Scholarship Fund. 
Your tax-deductible gift will go directly to helping families who can't afford residential care get the help they need for a teen who may be, as Trace likes to say, one step away from the grave or from jail. So won't you help today? You can give securely online when you visit LicensedToParent.org and click the Donate button. Again, that's LicensedToParent.org. Our program coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.